Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. According to the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, sometime towards the end of Herod the Great's reign. Let's learn more about this happening with help from The Catholic Talk Show. We're going to look at what year was Jesus actually born in? What was the star of Bethlehem? Where was Jesus born? And the origins of traditions. What year was Jesus actually born in? Was Jesus born in the year one? Or what year did Jesus and the nativity actually happen? Now, there's a lot of schools of thought out there there regarding when Jesus was born. And I think maybe without thinking too much about it or kind of glazing over it, we would consider like, oh, yeah, he was born, what, at the at the turn of the, you know. See, but there's there's a big issue. There is no turn. There's a whole year missing because of a basic calculation error by the the Catholic month who set the calendar, Dionysus Exegus, Dennis the Short. There's no year zero. There should be, right? It doesn't just go from 1999 to 2001. There's a 2000, but we don't have a year zero on the calendar. So that throws off the calculation. It went straight to one. Went straight to one. Went Hmm, from 1 BC to 1 AD. Well, where'd zero go? There's a whole year missing. Negative one day BC to <laughs> right. positive one day AD. <laughs> right. So that kind of throws it off. Now, dating the actual year of the birth of Christ, almost every historian will use the gospel accounts. And most importantly, the thing that is kind of like the Rosetta Stone of figuring out this is the death of Herod, because we know that Jesus was born during the reign of Herod the Great. But Herod also died right around that time. And there's two very certain contenders for what year Herod died in. And pretty much all the biblical history works back from the death of Herod. So when was Jesus crucified? When was his ministry? It kind of all goes back to Herod because in those days, that's how time was kept in the 12th year of the reign of Tiberius or whatever. There's two schools of thought that Herod either died in 1 BC or in 4 BC. So that would mean that Jesus had to have been born before he died. And most historians will say that Jesus was either born in the year 6 or 7 BC, which I think is pretty late, or the year Herod would have died in 1 BC, which would put the birth of Jesus in the year 2 BC. I'm of the thought that the year 2 BC makes more sense when you look at the reign of Pontius Pilate, 26 AD to 36 AD, and then you say, well, he's not yet 40, the three years, that traditional 33. If you look at then 1 BC as the actual accurate year of his birth, that would go right in line with the year 33 and kind of falls in line with all the tradition. And I think it shows that Dionysus Exodus, who set that year, 1 AD as the year of the birth, was actually a lot closer than people give him credit for. There's another account that places his birth even later, 5 or 7 AD. I don't remember off the top of my head, back from my studies in seminary. It gives you a scale, like a shotgun blast, that there are dates in BC and dates in AD that try to narrow in on when Jesus died. But I think the time frame when what we're analyzing is Herod the Great during his period of time, it gives us that narrower sense of when it actually happened. Right. In the Gospels, it says when Quirinius of Syria was doing his census, and historians have a hard time finding records of that. But according to most historians, Jesus would have been born, I think the majority think it's 6 BC because then they're basing it that Herod died in 4 BC, so two years before. But I think there's also the school of thought that is moving towards that 1 BC date. So that's when Jesus was born. That was the first Christmas. Another cool thing, at the top of every Christmas tree is a star, right? Absolutely. And that's the star of Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. That's what it represents. What was the star of Bethlehem? 
Gospels doesn't really say much about it, except that it was bright, it was a star. But if we're trying to track when this actually occurred, I bet you astronomers have something to say about this. I bet you they do. And I bet you Brian knows it. I do. So there's a couple of contenders for what the star of Bethlehem actually was. And most people say that because it was what the Magi were following, the Magi were probably astronomers slash astrologers in the east, like in Persia or mm-hmm. in Babylon. And they saw this astrological sign in the sky that would have meant that the king of Judea, a great king, was being born. So a couple contenders was that it was a confluence of stars of Venus and Jupiter in Leo that said, okay, there's this star formation that happens so infrequently that multiple planets lined up within like a single point in the sky and made this to astrologers a really rare occurrence. It might not be a star. It, it might, might be, be a number of planets, planets lining up, aligning, and that would make so much sense, especially in regards to his birth, but then even considering his death, the solar eclipse of the sun. So it's like that sense of the planets and the universe and the cosmos reflecting, this is a very important yeah. occurrence. You mm-hmm. can actually back into it if there is an eclipse of the sun, you can actually back into what that astrological formation would be. That's true. Because you could take the known movement of the stars and the planets and where they appeared and then roll it back to certain dates just using computer software. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. For the Star of Bethlehem, they looked at what are some of these occurrences. So they looked at historical records of perhaps comets in the Chinese records. There were some comets that were in the year 6, in the year 4 BC, that are conjectured to have possibly been the Star of Bethlehem. But there's this one movie, and I think they did a really good job. It was called Star of Bethlehem. And what they did is they used this modeling software and rolled back what the sky would have looked like during that time. They also used Johannes Kepler's math to calculate a lot of the position of celestial objects. There's some real science going on. And that according to this, the Star of Bethlehem was a alignment of Jupiter in retrograde motion over Bethlehem on December 25th. What's retrograde motion? It means because there's a variance in the length of rotation of planets around the sun. So Earth will be going like this around the sun and then a longer rotation kind of creates these shifts and axis. So it looks like a star goes this way and then stops and goes back. And then that lines up with the concept that Herod died in 1 BC and then Jesus was born in 2 BC. He also picks that his birth would have happened on April 7th, possibly due to another alignment of stars. No one's really sure, but there's that documentary out there. It's pretty cool. I encourage everyone to go watch it. Now, this is the birthplace of Jesus. That's the Church of the Nativity. What's your experience being there? Well, one, just the entrance is the most humble doorway in all churches in and around the world. You bow down 
and you literally hunch over and enter the church in a posture of humility, which I absolutely love. And then you walk through there. There's really not a lot of ornamentation. There's great simplicity, but the solemnity of the environment is it's palatable. Like it, You feel it. You can sense it with all of your senses. And then the anticipation of coming to the place where everyone reverences in relationship to the birth of Christ is pretty powerful. And having that moment, it's like time slows down and you have a moment of great an action of, of gratitude and an action of reverence. Well, you talk about the ornamentation. When I was there a year ago, they had discovered this highly ornament. They were restoring the church. They had scapels up and they were basically doing something to the church they haven't done in centuries. And uh, one of the things that they were doing with the floor is they were kind of buffing out this color and they found these very ornamental floor coverings that were there. So I got to see some of that. It appeared to me that they were actually uncovering more of that. So maybe you went there when it wasn't ornamental. The overall experience is drawing you to this location of reverence, which does have some ornamentation and it's like a reliquary, but yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So we just talked about the star of Bethlehem, but what is that main ornamentation and what is on the spot where Jesus was born? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a silver star. Like, star. Yeah. You know? And that's where you reverence, which is the, well, is, that's, is where so the that's where the rock is underneath that yeah. you touch. I mean, it's just like you go to the Holy Land, you're touching rocks. Now, like, I, this is where something happened. This now, here, is where here's something a crazy happened. story. Now bear with this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how. The star in the chapel of the nativity led to World War I. What? Yeah. Ooh, la la. Tell us more. So at the time, the church in the nativity was under the control of the Ottoman Empire. And the Ottoman Empire was going through a pretty massive decline financially and economically and societally. And that means that the Russian Empire, who considered themselves the third Rome and kind of the safeguard of all Christians in Ottoman lands was pushing on them and starting to take over their territory. So the Russians went to the Ottomans and said, we want to be formally recognized as the protector of all Christians in the Holy Land, which was an honor that had traditionally been afforded to Franciscan. Well, at the time, that star on the spot of the nativity had a Latin inscription. One of the Orthodox monks stole the star and removed it because they didn't want a Latin claim on that spot. Well, the French took a warship to the gates of Constantinople and demanded that they be absolutely recognized as a protector of the sites and the people of the Holy Land. The Russians then completely countered, and they fought a war called the Crimean War. And the British jumped in, so it was the British and the French against the Russians trying to eat up the remains of the Ottoman Empire, and it all started over this star. Now, the British and the French pretty badly defeated the Russians and won this war. And that battle, that loss in that war ultimately led to the decline of the Russian empire, which ultimately led to communism, which ultimately led to a lot of the problems of the 20th century, World War One, with the decline of the Ottoman empire. So that star from that moment, from that monk stealing that star that rippled through history, like the fall of Constantinople to the English, the fall and the execution of the Tsars of Russia, World War I, World War II, communism, all of these things emanated from that one monk stealing that star. I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Doctors endorse it. Nutritionists recommend it. And customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. 
Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.